Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast. So we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Jake Kamer. With with me, as always now, is Jerwin. And we are back with a bonus episode that is just uh, bold predictions. Um, the takes so hot that they needed their own episode. Uh, instead of cramming them into the, the last episode and going three hours, we decided, hey, let's just do everyone a favor and record another bonus episode. Um, so this is all extra, but this will probably be the spiciest show of the season, maybe even surpassing the chaos episode. So without further ado, Carol, how, how's it go? How's it going? How are you feeling about your team? We'll start there. Who? Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, some highlights and and lowlights so far, with what four and a half days of the season. Kind of kind of done. Uh, yeah, I could stand for some more offense on my team. That would be nice. Same. It's not as bad as my uh, my Roto team, though. I, yesterday, I think it was over like two for 27. Uh, the day before that, it was like two for 32. It's uh, brutal out there, to say the least, for, for those guys. But anyway, we have bold predictions to get to, so get to them, we shall. Now, Jerwin sent me eight. I have ten myself. Uh, we're just going to go through and see how many of these we can get to before we decide that the episode is running long. So I will start us off, and I will start off with two pitchers that I've liked a lot. Um, my bold prediction, my first bold prediction, Reed Detmers and Pablo Lopez will ride their increased velocity and both have 200 Ks and are both top 20 starting pitchers at the end of the year. Uh, I'll start with Lopez, I guess, because he's probably the more He's probably the more higher ranked of the two. Uh, so Lopez flashed the higher velocity in the um, in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he's kind of like always been a guy who, it's, who I think has been like right there, but not quite. And I'm thinking the increased velocity is what could do it. Uh, I think he is up like a mile and a half on his fastball, which is good. I'm, I'm much more intrigued, though, by Reed Detmers. Uh, the start yesterday only only increased that love. Um, I get the control was not great, but I think that'll come. Uh, I wa that was that was one start that I watched. I watched him versus Kirby instead of the terrible uh, college championship game. Uh, Detmers looked really encouraging. I liked the the new arsenal, um, especially this this curveball that it, I know was a weapon for him in the minors, but he's was stealing strikes with it left and right. It was fantastic. Uh, and I think the results are especially encouraging because it came against a lineup that was almost all right-handed, and that's not always going to be the case. And Detmers absolutely shuts down lefties. Uh, I believe they barely hit 200 against him last year. So if he's already having that kind of success with righties, uh, I, I think that the, it'll only get better as he's kind of learning to harness his new velocity and um faces lineups that have more lefties in them. So that's my first bold prediction. Both Pablo Lopez and Reed Detmers will finish with 200 strikeouts 
and as top 20 starting pitchers. Jerwin, give us your first bullet. Well, before you do that, I should preface this. Um, all of these bold predictions, originally we were going to do them on the last episode. So these bold predictions have been made and have not been changed uh, prior to the season starting. So these are the, the results that have happened so far within the season did not influence these bold predictions. So I, I should have led with that, but I just wanted to make make that known. But sorry, Jerilyn, go ahead with your first hot take. Yeah, I'm going to start off with a pitcher bold prediction of my own. Uh, Hayden Wisniewski of the Cubs. Uh, I'm going to say he will finish the season as a top five SP. Originally, uh, I know as you just said, you know, you're, we haven't changed these at all. Originally, I said uh, top 12, just like be, be an SP1. But then I saw someone else, someone else, I, I want to, it was Chris the Welsh, uh, I heard on CBS podcast said that Wisniewski would get uh, Cy Young votes. So I felt like top 12 was, wasn't bold enough. So I had to top Chris the Welsh. Um, so I went with top five. He's, he had a, a few starts last, uh, at the end of last season and just really good metrics. I mean, he finished with a 218 ERA and a 9-4 whip. The thing that was like, he's, he has really good control. He doesn't walk a lot. He gets a decent amount of strikeouts. Uh, but the thing that makes me really believe in him is he apparently his velocity was up in the spring and the thing that was kind of keeping him off everyone's radar um despite the really great numbers to end the year last year uh was kind of a lack of stuff uh his fastball velocity is last year was 93.1 but in the spring uh per the ratings he was sitting a couple ticks up from that and reported this wasn't recorded on a radar gun or anything but he himself reported uh touching 99 which would be you know a, a six mile per hour jump uh at, at maximum i guess uh so yeah hayden was the top five starting pitcher this season big believer in a, in a breakout for him and, and a big breakout at that. Well, that was much spicier than mine. It almost makes me feel bad. I feel relatively conservative with my first with my first hot take <laughs> compared to that one. Uh, okay. Well, before I start this next bold prediction, I did want to ask Darwin, when do you know when the last time when the last time was that the Reds had a top twenty pitcher, top twenty starting pitcher? Goodness. Top twenty starting pitcher. Well, I'll I'll just let you know it was twenty twenty one, so it wasn't actually that long ago. <laughs> but I am predicting this year that the Reds will have a top sorry top twenty five pitcher, but it won't be Lodolo or Green. It'll be Graham Ashcraft. Yeah. So this is kind of a double a double sided bold prediction here coming at you with you know both edges of the sword because I'm not only predicting the the breakout for Graham Ashcraft but also the not breakouts for Lodolo and Green. Uh, Lodolo, I, I still like Lodolo, um, but he 
was down, his velocity was down, um, and that did spook me a little bit. So I, I kind of backed off him just a little bit. Uh, I think my thoughts on Hunter Green are, have kind of been well documented, so I won't really, I won't really go too much into that. But as far as Graham Ashcraft is, um, he was kind of a weird guy last year uh, in that he had a ton of velocity but really didn't strike anybody out the control was pretty good though um he he's good at getting weak contact and i generally i know that's generally not the stickiest of stats but uh he's kind of spent the off season he worked and he added a another breaking ball and if he can use that to generate more more strikeouts i think that's kind of can, can kind of be the missing piece here um and I, I don't really worry about him be, being able to go deep into games. He is kind of he he's kind of built for for volume as well. Um, and I don't know that the Reds will have much incentive to baby him as they will maybe like a Green or a Lodolo. So that is my prediction. Graham Ashcraft, top twenty pitcher, but Hunter Green and Lodolo are not. Everyone's your turn. Right. Uh, so the second prediction, we're going into the bullpen with this one. I think that this year is the year that the wheels are going to fall off for not Ryan Presley, like Nate was talking about on our last episode, but Kenley Jansen. And he will be on waivers before playoff time for performance and not injury this season. I just think, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Kenley Jansen's getting up there. I mean, there's there's been signs over the last season or two that, you know, he's due for some regression. And he's kind of staying afloat on the fact that he just gets all the save opportunities. But he's playing for the Red Sox now. He should still be seeing save opportunities for them but with a precipitous enough drop-off, I, I think he could be in real trouble from a fantasy perspective in our league. And I mean, we, we saw Josh Hader get dropped in the playoffs last year. It's not, it's not unheard of. It's fair, I guess. I don't, the thing with Jansen is I don't, I don't know who's like, who's going to challenge him on the Red Sox. Even if it, even if the wheels come off, I don't know. I don't know if they really have anyone, at least I'm, unless I'm like totally blanking on someone uh, obvious. I can't think of anybody that would even be able to really challenge him for for the closer job. But I, I don't he know. He always, he's felt like he's walked on the edge for a while. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he does not have to lose the closer, the closer job. I don't think to, I mean, if, if the Red Sox are bad enough to where they're not getting him, as much volume as he's been used to with like the Dodgers and the Braves. It was the Braves last season, right? Right. Um, like if he's not going to see the same kind of volume and, you know, his skills fall off sharply enough, I, I think he, he can easily be a problem in, in fantasy. I mean, we don't have like Trevor May. Uh, I don't I don't know who's who has Trevor May, but like that's an example. He's not that great of a reliever. He's got the job pretty much, but it's a really it's a really bad situation for him. 
that is fair. I will start. I will start us off on the hitter gold predictions um, with our with our first one, and that is Brendan Donovan finishes as at least a top ten option at every position he's eligible for in our league. That's a few. Everything <laughs> except catcher. Catcher in center field, I believe, unless he's picking oh, is he that up I thought he was. I, don't, I, don't, I think that's the only other position he's he's missing. I can look it up. Well, in any event, he's going to be a top ten center fielder too. Just I'm I'm that, I'll add that to the prediction. <laughs> he will gain center field eligibility and then be top ten there as well. Oh, you love uh, to see it. I was very sad that Brendan Donovan got picked by Jordan in our draft um, because I really wanted him. Uh, he's eligible not only because he's eligible basically everywhere, like we said, but uh, he was kind of an interesting guy coming into this year. Um, last year, he had really good plate discipline. He was like, it was it was it was kind of perfectly suited for our league. The problem was he didn't have any pop, and he's worked pretty hard this, in the off season, and he's. Added some, he's added some power to his game, and it's, it showed already. Again, these bold predictions weren't made then, but he was he was kind of popping off in the spring. Um, so yeah, I I really like Brendan Donovan a lot this year because I think that with the plate discipline, now I should say that is the strikeout rate, especially if he's working to add power, that will the strikeout rate is almost certainly going to increase. So it's not a perfect call, but I think like. He could be a poor man's Alex Bregman, but he's eligible at a lot of positions. And I think he will be top 10 every single one of them. So that's our first hitter bold prediction. Brendan Donovan, top 10 at every position he's eligible for, and he will get center field eligibility and be top 10 there too by the end of the year. I love it. That's a That's a really good one. Yeah, so I I also am transitioning to some some hitter picks here. Uh, my first one uh, is for my boy Jesse Winker. I have that he will outscore his 21 season in which he scored 380 points in our league by 100 points this year. This is he he's he had a great year with the Reds in a great ballpark left the great ballpark for a significantly worse ballpark in Seattle, dealt with some injury issues last year as well. So really, really had a lot working against them. The dead ball last year. Um, basically everything went wrong, but he's a brewer now and his career OPS at, uh, I'm going to forget the name of their, their park, but, in in milwaukee it was miller park I, I think it's something different now but i don't know what it is it's something is it american family field is that theirs that sounds right i think you're right okay we're gonna roll with that uh i think uh, uh his his ops at in milwaukee is better than his opiate career ops in cincinnati so he's gonna do even better this year uh, being a brewer by at least 100 points. So 480 points for Jesse Winker this season. Do you happen to know off the top of your head where that would have put him in the, I guess, like the left field rankings last year? Yes. I was just curious where that Not off the top of my head. I can I can give it a look-see while you're giving your next take, though. Okay. 
So a little bit of backstory with this take. This was, I I did not, I made, I changed this one post draft. Um, I originally had this as there will be, there would be no Oakland A's roster for team, for teams by, I think I, I think I had like the trade deadline or something. Or no, I had the all-star break, but then I looked and there's actually already no Oakland A's rostered. Uh, so that didn't feel so bold. So I decided to go the complete other direction and really go bold with by saying there will be at least two Oakland A's starting regularly for teams following the trade, the MLB trade deadline. So I'm I'm not counting the guys that, that they're going to trade away. They don't count one for this purpose over this bold prediction. I don't know who those guys would be. Right? Like, I guess Trevor May uh, comes to mind. But, yeah, I'm saying there will be at least two Oakland A's starting regular few teams following the MLB trade deadline. I don't know who they're going to be. Um, that was not part of this bold prediction, but I'm, I'm betting on the field to uh, rise to at least, at least two Oakland A's become startable in our league. Yeah, so looking back at the 2022 regular season year-to-date scoring for left field, the top scorer at left field was Jordan Alvarez. Do you want to take a guess how many points he scored last season? Mind you, there was there he missed some time with injury. Oh wait, was it actually I, was it around 480? 470.4. Wow. Okay, so that that was a really bold take then, as you're saying. I mean, I guess left yeah. field was terrible last year, but yeah, but still, yeah, Jordan Alvarez was a like a first round player this season if he wasn't kept so yeah that one's uh that one's gonna be intense uh he's projected for 490 this season Jordan Alvarez so I'm I'm project I'm projecting Jesse Winker to finish 10 points behind Jordan Alvarez this season amazing your bold predictions I gotta say are, are have so far been a lot more spicy than mine. I've had I've had a lot of practice, let's be let's be honest. The only the only problem is like since I'm not on the chaos episode, I think I, I have to bequeath my infallibility that I usually carry for those takes to pr- presumably Nick Lee who's going to take over as the the chaos co-star this season. Uh so yeah, these uh these aren't guaranteed 100% correct like they used to be, but they are 100% spicy. That's for sure. All right, well, it is your turn on the takes, unless you have something to add about the Oakland A's. No, I think that's. I think there's no great... more. There's no more topic. There's no more boring a topic. I think. The... I think that's a great audible. Do you think? Can I ask? Can I ask a question? Do you think? that there will be Oakland A's playing in our fantasy league during the playoffs? Um, I think some poor unfortunate soul is going to look at an Oakland athletic on the waiver wire and be like, oh, he has a two-start week. This could be fun. <laughs> then it like totally tanks the week. I can't, that's, I can't. that's how I see it, I guess. I'm very excited for like sitting there in like the semifinals talking about wow I can't believe they started Kyle Muller in that in that spot this week. 
Yeah, I can kind of see it now. Like something like that's gonna happen. <laughs> they started who? They'll be available. We know that. <laughs> all but two of them. Uh all right. Well, on to on to my uh hot take. Uh I am already established as a Dalton Varsho hater. Uh my take is that he will finish outside the top twelve at catcher this season. In other words, he will be a bench catcher, and bench catchers are just droppable in this league. So waiver wired Dalton Varsho. You want to elaborate on why? Or I I think he's a terrible hitter and he shouldn't be playing. Well, that that is harsh. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, he put up like counting stats and stuff last year, but everything in his profile makes me think he's not going to do that again this year just he doesn't hit the ball hard he strikes out a ton he doesn't walk much uh, he just uh, he's playing for the blue jays so maybe it there's a little room for improvement there but i don't think enough to overcome the regression that i'm anticipating i don't know like the argument was that he he should get every day at bats uh since they're not going to use him as a catcher as often but i just i just don't know i don't see it i don't see it all right so from one blue jay that we hate or that jerwin hates to a blue jay that i hate not as a person but as you know a baseball player and that is chris bassett will follow in the footsteps of Jose Barrios and be droppable by the All-Star break. Now, I'm just going to, I'm pretty much going to reiterate word for word what I had talked about with um, with Chris Bassett before, um, at least to, to Jerwin when he had asked me about this. Uh, so why do I hate Chris Bassett so much? He was actually like pretty good last year for the most part. Uh, well, his velocity was way down in the spring. Like, it was three to four miles an hour on, like, across the board. Uh, that's not as bad. That wasn't as bad in his first start. But uh, that really kind of, that was the first thing that kind of scared me off. Um, because that's, like, that's not you ramping up. It's, like, your stuff is just diminished. And that's, that was a little weird. And, uh, you know, that spooked me. But I didn't like the move to Toronto either. Um, Toronto pitchers usually run high BABIP unless you're Alec Manoa. Um, and Alec Manoa's skill set is vastly different than Chris Bassett's. Uh, Toronto pitchers, it, it's because of the turf field. Um, if you're a ground ball guy, uh, the ball just hits the turf and keeps going. It doesn't, it doesn't really, doesn't do much to slow it down. So that was kind of my first thing. I was worried about him that I was worried about how that would play with him being more of a ground ball guy. Um, he's one of the guys that did a fairly good job suppressing hard contact. Um, but when you're a ground ball guy with that, Toronto kind of works to negate that. Uh, and like I said before, that skill is generally you know less sticky from year to year. But really, like, and I know that, I know that I made this prediction before um, before the bludgeoning against the Cardinals, but I, 
I, I will bring that up because I, I did watch that. Like he looked like he was throwing batting practice. It was awful. Um, like it, it wasn't just one pitch that was getting hammered. It was like he was. It looked like he was throwing the kitchen sink, and they were just hitting everything. Uh, too much leaking over the heart of the plate. Not nobody looked old or overwhelmed or anything. It just it was bad. But uh, I, I think that the moves of Toronto uh, combined with now the the shift ban um, hurting his his ground ball tendencies. Uh, and the fact that I, I do believe that the, the arsenal has diminished this year will combine him. All of that combined will have him follow Jose Barrios uh, off the, I guess, the island of, of relevancy. Um, and he will fade into fantasy obscurity or someone like me last year will roster Jose Barrios way longer than they should have and just watch him, you know, put up negatives week after week on the bench, hoping it will get better. But yeah, I'm not a Chris Bassett guy this year. He is the one like, I think that out of all the like the fairly respectable pitchers in like the top 40 range, I, th- I think Bassett was ranked there. I don't know. I, I think he was, but we'll, we'll say here, like out of all those pitchers, I think that he's the one that just completely falls off. And Jeremy is still on me. <laughs> Classic. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. I, that's something that didn't pop up on my radar when I was looking at it. So I'm glad someone, uh, someone scooped up Bassett before I thought, oh, this would be a good pick and turned out to be very wrong or something like that. I mean, everyone was scooping up every pitcher before I got a chance to get to them for like the first 10 rounds or so, but yeah. Um, next uh i i forgive me i think i i probably went a little bit intense on some of my homer picks here but uh my next one's about jacob Degrom. uh i think this is pretty spicy i think he will pitch at least 160 innings this year which would be more than the last two years combined uh, and win the AL Cy Young. So spoilers for later on if we get to award picks. But yeah, I think Jacob DeGrom is going to shake off the rust, keep it healthy, at least for the most part. And uh, 160 innings of Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. So Okay. I don't think I, I don't trust Jacob DeGrom to stay healthy anymore because I think like his ever since he increased his velocity at like superhuman levels, uh, it's like his he's destroying his own body with like every single pitch. <laughs> it's like it's his new stuff is is too powerful for even him. Uh, and it's just I don't know. I would love to see a full season of Jacob DeGrom because I think like. The last couple of years, at least on a per inning basis, it was basically like prime Pedro. Uh, like he's if, if he if he puts up a full season of that, that's that's kind of what we're talking about. So I, I would love to see it, but I don't I I don't trust him to stay healthy. But hey, that's why it's a bold prediction. All right, so Precisely. this is what's that? Precisely. All right, so this is another negative. Uh, bold prediction, and that is none of the four horsemen slash Mount Rushmore will finish as a top 60 starting pitcher. And I use 60 as the cutoff because that's 
a startable like a a starter in our league. And to remind everybody that's Martin Perez, Merrill Kelly, Miles Michaelis, and Tyler Anderson. And I also added four. There will at least be four pitchers picked up off waivers that will finish ahead of them. And really, I, I know that they're they're volume guys, but their skill sets in terms of just like the stuff and things like volume is their whole deal. So if I don't think that they're like if they're bad, then the volume is just is not worth anything because they're giving you bad innings. And I really don't think any of these guys are very good. Um, I like Tyler Anderson the most. So I think I, I had him ranked like a good 30 spots ahead of uh, the other ones. Um, I think that if there was somebody who was going to finish in the top 60, it would be him. But he was grouped with these guys. So unfortunately, Tyler Anderson is also a bum for the purpose of this whole uh, prediction. But yeah, I think with the with the new shift restrictions, uh, the fact that these guys don't strike many people out, um, they don't like they they they're just volume guys, and that's why they finish so highly. And all four of these guys were picked up off waivers last year, and I believe that there will we can find another quartet that is just as good as these guys, uh, or in my in this case better than than them. I like I think that we can find the new four horsemen uh on waivers because really these guys are just to me at least these are these are waiver guys who had a good year and uh that's kind of it for them but yeah i know that we had some i know we have some people that are that do like these guys but i am not one of them um so again to reiterate the bold prediction none of the four horsemen slash mount rushmore martin perez merrill kelly miles michaelis tyler anderson will finish as top 60 starting pitchers and there will be four pitchers picked off waivers at least four that will finish ahead of them yeah i think i'll i think i'll echo that and this is one that i know we we made these predictions before the season started but with with how things have been going so far i think i think we probably at least i did and some of the people who like experts in the industry kind of underestimated just how big the the shift situation would be for like babips and how how it would impact ground ball pitchers like Merrill Kelly and and those other guys. Yeah, I think we we saw their ceiling last year, I think, and it was good. It was startable, but it wasn't anything like wildly special yet like you said it's it was just volume like quality quality start machines if we were a quality start league maybe that'd be a different story but um i guess like i should we should clarify this because like volume is a very good skill to have like if you're going deep then you're a pretty good pitcher and all these guys were very good pitchers last year i just don't believe in the skill set enough to think it's going to carry over again this year i don't yeah. think that they're good enough pitchers that they will continue to be that level they they might still give you volume and that's fine but like i think i can find another merrill kelly like fairly easily and, and maybe multiple merrill kelly's where like he he gives you like a flat 10 points every game 11 points or something like that i think i can find that on waivers or multiple guys that will give me that on waivers maybe who have higher ceilings that'll give me more than that so that's yeah, just kind of where I, not to pick on merrill kelly like i feel that way about all of these guys yeah, and that's the key too. Is like you might, 
you know, maybe the guy you pick off waivers ends up not giving you uh, as much uh, as one of these four guys, but they probably do have a higher ceiling and probably more upside. And I'd, I think especially like this early on in the season in the draft and on waivers so far this year, like you want to grab the guys with, with high upside and the four horsemen are guys you grab when you're out of options on upside and you just need someone to, to fill your starter spot. Cause like half your staff is injured and stuff like that. I believe that makes Awkward it pause. It's your... <laughs> I believe that makes it my turn. It is your turn. Uh, this one I think is probably my least spicy and it is another Homer pick. Uh, but I just have, uh, MJ Melendez will outscore Salvador Perez this season. The same team, both catchers. They split time at catcher, but um, Melendez, I'm I'm pretty sure he gets. I don't know. Perez gets more or less like high volume for a catcher, um, and I think Melendez would be about the same. Yeah, but Perez. I just think he's Perez some deviation sometimes. So that's that's why. Yeah. But I think they're they're both in that category of like they'll get they'll get at bats somewhere else, whether that's DH or for Melendez, he plays in the outfield as well, uh, unless he's getting a day off um, and stuff like that. So I think the playing field is fairly even. I think uh, Melendez is going to have a a better per game year and therefore outscore Perez this season. Yeah, I know you were higher on on Melendez than I think that I was. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on on why, uh, like why Melendez, because I I know he was a popular pick for some, but I I don't know. I I didn't really I didn't really see it personally. Well, he hits the ball hard and he walks a lot, and catchers a desert anyways. Um, I did kind of bet on him improving this year over last year which is why I took him as early as I did I'm kind of I, I kind of drafted him for the player who I think he's he's going to be but I think he showed gradual improvement over the course of the season last year and he's going to get the volume and I, I think that improvement's just going to just going to continue this season so that's that's kind of where I, I was at with with melendez yeah i mean that is interesting that you have uh melendez kind of ahead of um of varsho because i know that, that varsho and melendez both are supposed to get kind of the volume but it seems like you you like one and hate absolutely hate the other one I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting you paired those two guys. I think Melendez has the potential to score points every game and not just score points over the course of the season. And well, like that's... the Varsho's plate discipline is like considerably worse than Melendez. Like their strikeout rate is about the same, but Melendez walks five percent more of the time than Varsho does. Yeah, I'm going to give my next one here, and this is a player that I've liked a long time. 
you know, that's not that that part is not really a spicy take. Uh, Wander Franco, I think, finishes in the top three in MVP voting, has more points than all of the recent number one overall prospects. And I listed the ones that just came off the top of my head. Maybe some of them aren't actually number one overall prospects, but I'll include them here. And I said Julio Rodriguez, Adley Rushman, Bobby Wood Jr., Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, and Spencer Torkelson. Uh, and if there's any more, he will finish with more points than them, too. Uh, <laughs> basically... I, I think that we we discount Bronco's ability just because he's he, he's been hurt for the better part of his career, I guess, <laughs> since he got called up. Um, but I think the breakout for him was kind of already happening, and it just he just got shot in the foot with an injury. Uh, he was hitting three thirteen um, with with a almost a fifty percent hard hit rate, um, and this was in this was last April. So he started he started off on a tear he looked like he was validating the breakout and then he got hurt and the season just kind of never got back on the tracks uh so his skill set particularly the plate discipline is fantastic he he rarely ever strikes out um i know some of the 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 hard hit stuff was was a little iffy with him but again i think that's more due to uh post injury than anything else um i think he was averaging over 90 miles an hour and exit velocity in the, in that, I mean, admittedly small sample in April, but I'm betting on that being the real Wander Franco and I'm betting on him finishing in our format well ahead of the, uh, of the other recent top prospects kind of establishing his, his elite upside. Yeah. Top three in MVP voting is, is surely bold, but I do like Franco a lot this year, especially in our format. I was I was very unhappy to see him get kept by Scott. I was hoping he would like fall to the expansion or the draft or something. Uh, that was that was a very good keep by Scott. I think I think he's going to make him very happy. Uh, it is your I, turn. Yeah, I can go this one. Finally, not another Homer pick. Uh, this one is not on my team. Uh, Corey Seager. I'm going to go. I feel like this is much more likely than the Votto take, but I have Corey Seager hitting 40 home runs this season and a top 10 score in our format. Yeah, I don't know that you need to elaborate much why, because I think Corey Seager has been a breakout pick, sleeper, MVP caliber player like for basically everybody. So this is basically what I'm telling you is this bold prediction stuff because it's not bold. <laughs> I don't know if you, don't know. If you have a rebuttal. 40 home runs is a lot of home <laughs> runs. One might even say that it's 20 home runs and then another 20 home runs. One might say that. In fact, I actually did have, I, I guess I, I was going to finish with this one, but I guess, you know, since we're on the topic of 20 home runs and 20 more home runs. I did have a bold prediction uh, where I did pick a guy to hit 20 home runs and then another 20 home runs, if you would care to hear who it was. I would, and yes, be, most, I would be most interested. It is another first baseman. And I think oh that that's going to be kind of my criteria. I, I don't know if you have one guess as to who you think it would be. It's not, it's like a 
it's not a it, it's not a superstar i didn't pick vlad or anybody first base uh goodness uh i'm gonna guess that you you picked anthony rizzo incorrect ah. I picked christian walker for to hit 20 home runs and then an additional 20 home runs um I didn't realize this until afterwards, but this was just this just kind of made me happy. Last year he hit uh, he hit thirty six. Um, that's actually the exact same number that Joey bought twenty one. So I thought I thought that that kind of worked out really nicely. But uh, beautiful running it back. I am running it back with another first baseman in kind of the same range where we had Joey Votto ranked. So I think that's just going to be my thing every year now is I pick a first baseman from like the nine to the 13 ish range and they're going to hit 30 or they're going to hit 40 home runs. Love it. So, anyways, why did I do this to myself? Why did I set myself up for another catastrophic failure at the end of the season where we just laugh at it? Uh, I have a little, oh, I, I guess I shouldn't say I did not. I, I have the same amount of faith in Christian Walker that I had in Joey Votto to do what he did to, to do what I thought he was going to, which is to say, I like I like Christian Walker. Um, he was basically Matt Olson, uh, not the great Matt Olson, but the the good Matt Olson uh, last year. And I don't really see any reason why that can't continue. I know I get that his he increased his fly balls, uh, and and his home run to fly ball rate also increased with it. Um, I think in, at least in terms of I now. Here's where the bold prediction is a little different. I did not predict the rest of the numbers to be MVP caliber for Christian Walker, but uh, I think they'll be very good. Um, as far, but as far as hitting on runs goes, fly ball rate and home run to fly ball is that's those are kind of the two main ingredients that you're that you would like to see uh, increase with this. But um, I, I think that he also well I know that he also increased his launch angle last year, and I think that the um, the ingredients are there for him to be a big power guy. And uh, I think he's going to validate that with a 40 homer season. Um, and I mean, the other, he's, he's a good hitter though. Like his, his plate discipline really improved last year. Um, his strikeout rate last year was under 20%, which you just really love to see. Um, I think he is, he is actually an all around very good hitter. Um, but I only predicted the power. I wish I was a little bolder and could predict that he would finish like an MVP candidate, but I might just need another year to another year removed from that Joey Votto pick before I do that to myself again. So <laughs> for now, Christian Walker will hit 20 home runs and another 20 home runs this season. Hey, I mean, I still have Mike under five trades by the deadline and he, he already has one before the season even started. So like it could get worse, Jake. I I I don't like thinking about how it could get worse, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> That's the whole point. If it if if it can if you can imagine how it could get worse, you should have been bolder with your pick. Well, that's that's kind of what I I'm kind of with the mindset if if your bold predictions are like I mean, and I don't know that bold predictions, like in the sense, are meant to be taken literally. Like they're, and that's not to let us off the hook. It's not. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But like, if you're, if you're like seventy percent wrong, you're probably you probably didn't go bold enough. 
I think that the uh, I think you need to be like in, in like the twenty eighties for you to be you to be bold enough with your takes. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you've got like a Hall of Fame batting average on bold predictions, you probably have like minor league caliber bold predictions. I agree. I think that if, for the first run through on all of mine, I just look at it and was like, how can I go even bolder on this? Yeah. I think that was, I think that's good practice for bold predictions. But, anyways, let's hear your next one. Yeah. This is, this is my last one. And we're going back to a, a low prediction, but also, I think, potentially my spiciest. I think, much like the, uh, the four horsemen who you mentioned earlier, Carlos Rodon will finish outside the top 60 SPs this year. Uh, and f- again, for reference, that's a bench starting pitcher in our league. Uh, and the reason is pitchers in our league who get traded as keepers, who then go on to play for the Yankees are cursed and they will be terrible. I've I've done it twice with Sonny Gray, I think in 20, 2018, maybe, or 2017, I think, and then the following year with James Paxton in 2018. And they were both terrible or hurt all year or something the following year, and it, it made me very sad. It made me very sad and upset. Um, and I think I think Brennan's going to have the same feeling this year when, when Rodon has... Uh, another bad season and it's you know it's not like he's never had a bad season before he's he's had injury issues and and stuff before before he was plucked out of thin air by uh by nick a couple seasons ago and uh yeah i think he's he's due for another bad one because the yankees hate fun i'll be honest with you i think that this is just your hatred for brendan's team and all things Brendan. I mean, Brent. it could be that I I had to have at least one negative pick about Brendan's team because we are arch nemeses, and our uh, my blood is already boiling, and I don't even play him until next week. So, yeah, like this this is basically I guess I guess to use like a a Yankees. I I, I guess since we're dealing with the Yankees, this feels like you're um like you're a Red Sox radio caller, and is like. Just hating on the Yankees. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but that's probably it's honestly probably the New Yorkers at this point who are tougher on the New York Yankees. But probably you know, that's what it feels like. Scarlett's right on is a really good pitcher, but I guess that kind of proves your proves your point on why this is bold because you're exactly. pretty good pitcher to be bad. Precisely. All right, I'll finish us off with my last bold take. And this is a, this is kind of another two parter. So I guess I sort of cheated in that I have I probably have like there's probably within these uh, like ten or so bold predictions. There's probably like fifteen because <laughs> some of them were like two parters. But hey, that just means they're they're going to be even tougher to get right. So my bold prediction: the Rays will have three top twenty starters. And for those of you counting at home, the in my bold predictions, I have six of the top twenty starting pitchers spoken for already. So. There's also that. But the Blue Jays will have zero. And I already kind of touched on this with with Chris Bassett, but this is I don't really I don't hate Kevin Gosman per se, but I I don't really I don't see the rebound as much as other people do because I think his fastball is just terrible. 
And I'm not going to pick on Alec Manoa anymore because, you know, Jordan will get will get even more upset. But I also don't like Alec Manoa um, for the reasons that I've said many times, I think, on, on our one episode where we just – was that last week where we – no, that was the week before where we just kept crapping on Alec, Alec Manoa. So, yeah, we don't – we are on the podcast are not in the Alec Manoa fan club. But I do not think they will have – the Blue Jays will have any top 20 starters while the Rays have three. And I'm predicting those three are Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and Jeffrey Springs. Um, I know I don't really need to talk about McClanahan um, because he's already good. That's not really bold. Uh, Springs and Rasmussen, though, I think they are both fantastic pitchers. Um, I know Rasmussen, a lot of the the stuff, the new stuff metrics that have come out, um, I think it's like stuff plus PLB. They absolutely adore Rasmussen. Um, I still think he's good. Uh, I don't. I I like Springs more, but I still think Rasmussen is a very very good pitcher. Um, and I, I do trust these new, these new metrics. I guess this is, he's going to be kind of the ultimate, um, is the, well, I don't know what do you want to call him, like the, the big test for these, because I, I know that he was the one, at least when I was looking at them, that he looked a little, he looked out of place compared to the other guys that were around him. But yeah, I, I think that, um, I, I think that, that if the Rays let him go a little more, uh, then he, he should be able to fill this for sure because before he was more of a, you know, five five innings and and that's it pitcher, but and, and he won't be top twenty if that's the case. But yeah, I think that Rasmussen is very efficient. Um, if the Rays let him go, I think that he will pile up innings and he will be a top twenty pitcher. Oh, the guy I'm more excited about though is Jeffrey Springs. Um, he was he, his pitch separation is fantastic. Um, he executes well with fastballs up and breakers down. His change, he's like, he's a weird, he's one of those weird lefties that has reverse splits. So he's, um, he's actually worse against other lefties. Uh, but I think that he's, he's going to improve on that this year with an improved slider. Um, again, we made these before the season, but that last start looked pretty good, even though it was against Detroit, he handled the lefties pretty well there. Um, his changeup though is absolutely filthy, and uh, especially again, it, it's 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 what he uses again. It's his primary weapon against um, right-handers, and uh, he's basically able to to neutralize them really well with that. But I I really love Jeffrey Springs. Um, I hope that the this is another thing where I hope the Rays let him go. Uh, if they do, watch out because Springs and Rasmussen both will join McClanahan as a as top 20 starters while the Toronto Blue Jays have zero. I know that yeah. we're out of bold predictions, but uh do you have any anything? I know you you love Rasmussen, but I don't know if you've talked about Springs much. Yeah, I'll just I'll just briefly mention you mentioned PLV. I haven't really talked about it a lot on the podcast yet. It's kind of it's the first year that Pitcher List has it and it's not even like fully integrated on the site yet. They have like a separate application where you can look at all those metrics and stuff. But I'm I'm incredibly intrigued by by it as a as a metric. It's you know, it's the the idea of it is measuring like did this guy give up this home run because he threw a uh, 
a chunky fastball down the middle or did he get unlucky and you know whoever he was facing like Mike Trout or Shohei Otani or whatever are they just really good um and we we have a way to measure that now and look at that kind of data and I, I think it's a great metric for predicting breakouts um or you know looking at a guy who's struggling and saying you know what i think i'll wait it out probably just getting unlucky and and hang on to him or you know buy low candidates stuff like that it's it's a very exciting time for for pitcher metrics oh for sure that that stuff is all very cool i would recommend checking it out if for nothing else than to just check it out because it is it is very neat even if you're not going to integrate it into your own fantasy analysis it is relatively new so i don't know that i could totally advise like reading it, it as gospel yeah so i think it's probably still in the experimental phase but uh rasmussen especially is going to be a, a good a good test for it yeah pitcher pitcher list has um videos of it of them like presenting it and going over all the stuff for it on on youtube it was it was pretty good if you got the time for that all right so speaking of having the time i think that we are making fantastic time so that being said i think we do have time to go over our award picks and nate this is why i let at least me personally i don't know what everybody else is doing i couldn't reveal mine there because i thought i we were planning to do it on here so that's why i personally left you hanging i don't know why everybody else did but that's just that that's for me and probably i'll say for gerald too even though he i don't think he made his picks at that point but anyways we'll start with the american league um Jerwin, who do you have as your mvp i have i have otani because i'm making a boring pick i made a bunch of spicy picks already i i need to have like a couple good guesses on this episode yeah, sometimes you need, like, I'm assuming that my record on my picks is going to be pretty bad. So I do need a few layups here just to, th this is like the stat patter, uh, the stat patter pick. Because uh, I also have Shohei Otani. Um, I guess my, my thought process was if it took like an all-time great season from Aaron Judge to beat him and there were like still a good amount of people that were that we're backing Otani. Like, I don't really know if Otani just has an Otani season where he's even pretty good and he's just pitching and hitting. Like, how does anybody really beat that? So that's why I have Otani as my MVP. I don't like it. I, I don't really see much hope for the rest of the field unless he gets hurt, if I'm being honest. As much as I would like to pick like you were on Alvarez, because I think he's great, but like I don't really see how he how he does enough. Like it took an it took Aaron Judge breaking the home run record, or the uh, American League home run record to beat him, and then even and even then there were a lot of people that were like no, Otani's the MVP, and I, I don't know that the, I don't know that they were wrong either. So yeah, it's boring, but I, I think it's the right pick, Otani for MVP. I'll start I'll start us off with Cy Young because I picked Otani here too, <laughs> and I I think this I thought this really interesting. Um, Ever since they introduced PitchCom, uh, and that's the, I got the name, I got the name right, correct? That's pitch, yeah, it's PitchCom. Yeah, Ever the buttons. That, yeah, it's the buttons that they, instead of signs, they use buttons. So yeah. basically, ever since Otani started calling his own game, and they use PitchCom, 
he's been the best pitcher in baseball. And now he's going to be using pitch calm the entire year. And there were some whispers that the Angels might not stick with a six-man rotation all year. So I think that the increase in volume, the fact that Otani is actually a very, very good pitcher, um, I think that he's going to win the Cy Young. And frankly, I think he has a little bit of an edge because I think people want to see him win both the Cy Young and the MVP. So another, I don't know if this is a really spicy take, but I'm rolling with Otani for both the MVP and the Cy Young. I might just parlay them on FanDuel. I don't know what the odds would be, but I might do it. Uh, they'd, be, they'd be pretty spicy, I would say. But I, I was actually thinking, like, the only way I can see Otani not getting MVP is if they give him Cy Young specifically to cover for giving someone else the MVP. Because... You know, like you said, it took a historical season to take him down. But like, I, there's got to be some desire in in like the among the people who do the MVP voting to not have Shohei Otani be the MVP every single season because he just is. It, he like even even last year, Aaron Judge had a historically great season. Shohei Otani is more valuable than Aaron Judge's historic season. He is two all-stars in one person. That's just being valuable on a degree that no one else can. Judge's war was higher, but I I don't know that that's... I don't know that you can properly evaluate Otani in terms of war. Just for like what Uh, you said, it's two all-stars in one person. and like Like, even if you want to say it saves you a roster spot, like, that is that's just that is, the most valuable person. Yeah, that is also value. <laughs> it's like, I mean, just ask fantasy players if you got to have all of Otani's fantasy points for one roster spot, who would be the most valuable player? <laughs> it's Otani. I wonder what that I wonder what that would be. That would actually be interesting to look at. That has to be that would have had, to be off the top of my head like 900, 900. It was, it was almost a thousand points. Insane. The CBS guys went over it. It was almost a thousand points last season. Well, I think in their okay, points so leagues, they league, have. Yeah. For our league, I bet it was over a thousand then because I know for CBS uh, points leagues, they don't get as many points for strikeouts and they don't get as many points for innings pitched, I don't think. So it was one of the two. Um, yeah. It's either they favored volume over strikeouts or. Yeah, I think it was they favored volume more over strikeouts. So like the strikeout guys in our league mm-hmm. get more points, and Otani strikes out a ton of guys. Yeah, <laughs> he probably would have been over a thousand points in our league. But yeah, that would just be insane. That that would be like game breaking. <laughs> yeah, my my pick for Cy Young, I spoiled it already. Was Jacob Degrom? If I hadn't had that as my hot take, I would have picked Otani. So, got to be consistent your rookie of the year i'll let you lead off then since you're you kind of already talked about your side on another homer pick but i've got grayson rodriguez that is a homer pick because he's not currently on the orioles he could be up as soon as the next start that kyle bradish was supposed to make so i don't know if you saw his his first minor league start but i believe he gave up like five runs in four innings or something like that 
and he's fine. He was probably just bummed he wasn't on the main roster. Yeah. Just going through the motions. Now, I, I, my American League MVP is a little spicy, and that is the newest uh, import from Japan, Masataka Yoshida. And I know that a lot of projection systems have really liked him, but I, it is very, very, di- it is a very difficult task to project somebody coming over from Japan. But I believe, I really believe in his hit tool. And I think that um, he has a little more power than people are giving him credit for. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I like a lot of the American League rookies, but like, I'm not, I think, that, I think that Yoshida is very, very underrated. And uh, he's currently hitting cleanup in the, in the Red Sox order. Um, I don't think a lot of people thought he would hit leadoff. He kind of profiles as a leadoff hitter, but I think that's going to help prop up his counting stats, which, you know, people, writers like. Uh, and I think he's going to hit for a good average. He's got good plate discipline. Um, he's really a pretty complete hitter. Uh, I think the thing that would hold him back would be the power. But like I said, I, I think that is actually a little better than people give, it credit, give him credit for. Um, I think most people projected him for like maybe 12 to 15 home runs. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets close to 20. And I think if he gets over 20, it's looking pretty good in, in the uh, the Rookie of the Year race. So that is my pick for American League Rookie of the Year, Masataka Yoshida. Uh, let's move over to the National League now. Um, who is your MVP? MVP, I'm taking American Hero Trey Turner. All right. Not much else I'm... to say. He's he's an American hero. Why why would he not win the MVP this season? All right, I'm taking I'm taking Juan Soto, and this is just a bet on him reverting back to the like. Basically, this is a revert on this is me throwing out last year, and saying the true Juan Soto is the guy that we saw in uh, 2021 and 2020, where he was just he was the best hitter in baseball, like the best pure hitter in baseball. Um, he struggled against against lefties. Uh, I guess I just got the notification on my phone. Grayson Rodriguez got the call. Hey. Um, but yeah, he's not on, he's not in the minors anymore as of like right the second. But um, anyways, Juan Soto. I think he's actually a very very good. Like he is like the best hitter, the best pure hitter. I think, and uh, I, I'm betting on him kind of getting back to that. And he's surrounded by a very good lineup, so like a good. On Soto season, you're probably looking at at minimum like 20 uh, runs in RBI, uh, pretty good batting average, tons of walks, like just an outrageous on base. And he he's a he he could be a good he's a good power guy. Um, it's a ball hard. The, the biggest thing is going to be the struggles against lefties, and he was like he was uncharacteristically bad. So like if that sticks, this is out the window. But I'm betting that it won't. Um, I think he's actually the best hitter. So Juan Soto will bounce back and be win the MVP. Going over to Cy Young, I'm just gonna start. I picked Spencer Strider. Um, now this had, I think this has as much to do with environment as anything else. Um, Strider is very well equipped for the new shiftless environment because um, you know a ball that the hitter doesn't make contact with is guaranteed to not be a hit. And he he strikes out a lot of guys. Um, I I I think that the volume might be a concern, but this is less of a concern because I 
don't know that the National League has a ton of like big volume guys. So I know that I get Corbin Burns. Um, or uh, originally I had I, I was thinking Corbin Burns, Justin Verlander, uh, and Max Fried. Um, I know Zach Wheeler too, but Zach Wheeler kind of has a little bit of concerns. I considered Aaron Nola here too, just to have like the like a little bit of a different pick. But I think Spencer Strider's the pick here for me. Um, some of the volume guys, even some of the volume guys I named, aren't going to be aren't going to get as much volume because Freed is I mean, Freed is hurt, Verlander's hurt. Uh, so yeah, I think Spencer Strider is very talented, and he will win the Cy Young, just like Blake Snell did with fewer innings. Nice. I went with Scherzer, an old guy. Uh, I know he's got injury concerns from last season, but uh, I'm betting on on him and the Mets to to have a pretty good season. And uh, uh, I, I say he stays healthy. And uh, I I loved watching the breakdowns uh, in the spring of how he was like trying his hardest to exploit the pitch clock he's he's just a master of his craft and it's great to watch and i and i hope he does it for a full 200 innings yeah i didn't mention scherzer as a possible like volume i mean he's done it he's definitely i mean everybody knows that he's gone 200 innings before but i i don't know i guess like the just there were seemingly random injuries over the last few years with him i i was a little concerned with that he wouldn't get there and i think strider is a is a better pitcher on a current basis but i mean scherzer's obviously he's before so he's very very worthy pick there but let's go over to the our rookie of the years for the the national league who you got there well i have uh hayden wasneski as a top five pitcher this season so again it would be kind of silly of me to not pick him for rookie of the year two pitcher rookie of the year picks for me which and two homer picks obviously but yeah i don't know i don't know how often pitchers win rookie of the year yeah i was gonna say do you know the last time when the last thing that happened was no idea it's probably been a while so (laughs) if anybody knows let us know because i'm I'm probably not going to look it up. I feel stuff. like it's I, f- I feel like it's probably not as infrequent as like a pitcher winning MVP, but but I, I I feel like I've heard of hitting rookies of the year far far more often. I mean, it's definitely not uh, it's definitely not as frequent as a Reds pitcher finishing in the top twenty. So there's that. <laughs> uh, anyways. I have Corbin Carroll. Um, I this is not a spicy take. Um, and Corbin Carroll, his ultimate upside is Trey Turner. I don't think he's as good a hitter yet, but uh, if we remember back to the early days of Trey Turner, uh, the dude was electric. Everybody loved him. Um, and really, like, if he goes out and is kind of the face of the stolen base resurgence, which like Corbin Carroll's one of the fastest guys in the major leagues, if not the fastest guy. If he's the face of that of that resurgence, he leads the league in steals, even at a time when stolen bases are more common. I think he could very that would very easily be a a selling point for him, and he he's a good hitter otherwise too. Um, I know some people think the power was a little bit of concern of, of a concern, but I mean if he gets it's like Yoshida if he gets to like twenty five, I think he's golden. He's got a very good hit tool. Um, 
Yeah, I think like his his ultimate fantasy upside is around Trey Turner. So I, I, that is very exciting to think about, but I don't think he's Trey Turner yet. But I mean, Trey Turner. Player. Yeah, Trey Turner took a couple years to get to the Trey Turner we know now. Like he he was good very quickly when he when he came up, but it was a couple years before he took that next step and became like a first round player every season. That's fair. All right, so we got our award picks. Let's move on to um, our actual standings picks. Um, and this is for major leagues, not our league. <laughs> so I'm just going to give it the division. Uh, you give me the winner, and then we'll go through wild cards. Let's start in the American League. Who do you have winning the AL East? AL East. Uh, oh, gosh, you started with my worst one. <laughs> I have, I'm picking the Orioles to this take the like AL East this pick. season. Uh, a little bit, yeah, with Henderson and uh, Grayson, especially now that Grayson's gotten called up. This is this is just going great for them. But uh, no, I I I just think they're they're that uh, dark horse team that could could maybe do it. Uh, obviously the Yankees are gonna have a a crappy Rodon all year. Plus their their pitching staff is just cursed. So like outside of Rodon and and his curse from being a keeper in our league and stuff like that they they just have so much going wrong in their in their pitching staff and uh all they need is like an Aaron Judge injury to like be out a month or two and their offense is just terrible when Aaron Judge is not in it so Baltimore AL East my pick does not require much explanation. I picked the Yankees. I think they're the best team, so I picked them. <laughs> so let's move over to the American League Central. I have Jarrowin's hometown Cleveland Guardians. How dare you? As the team. How uh, dare you? <laughs> as the, the winners there. Again, I think they have the best team, so I picked them. <laughs> I, 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 guess I'll, I guess I'll out myself and, you know, I... I married a girl from Ohio. She's a she's a Guardians fan, and she made me promise to be a Guardians fan. And because they don't play in the same league as the Pirates, I didn't I didn't feel like I was betraying much. It hurts a little bit rooting for a Cleveland team, but it the they're the least offensive Cleveland team. So I am I am a Guardians fan now. And I also picked them. I mean, they won the division last year. I don't think that division got any better. Aside, I mean, the from... White Sox got better because they got rid of Tony Larusa. <laughs> true, true. They might actually like perform. Their, their well. manager will be awake during games now. That could be. Yeah, that could. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I I think the picture is just the Astros. Um, I don't see anybody catching the Astros right now. So that's who I went with. How about you? Yeah, I mean they're they're the easy pick, but I went with Texas, the Rangers. They they did a lot in the offseason to try and do it. And uh we'll see if it pays off. All right, we're gonna go one, two, three with the wild cards. Mine are the Rays, the Mariners, and the Angels. So I, I do not have my, I guess my big spicy take here is the, is Toronto with their zero uh, top 20 starting pitchers uh, missing the playoffs. 
But uh, yeah, and we finally, I mean, I think the Angels one might be a little bit of wishful thinking just because I would love to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs. But you know, I'm, I'm mean, sure the Angels will find will find a way. Just like <laughs> just like Anthony Rendon finds ways to miss games, like the Angels will just find ways to to not make it work. Yeah, we'll 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 all hope for what would be best for baseball is Otani and Trout in the playoffs together. But uh, I mean, it's the last chance because we all know that the Dodgers are going to scoop Otani up as as soon as he's a free agent. So uh, I also have the Angels. I, I all of my wild card picks are from uh, the West. I have the Angels, Astros, and Mariners. All right, let's move over to the National League. Let's start with the East, which I think was the toughest call because they had a couple teams that were very good. Uh, I picked the Braves here. Um, I do think they are one of the most complete teams uh, in the National League. So I think I have them just ahead of the of the Mets, and I think the Phillies are right there as well. Yeah, it's a very, them. very tough division. Uh, but I went with the Mets. I'm going to ride with Eddie. All right, let's go to the central. I have the Cardinals, who are like low key. They have a ton of depth, and they're I think they're very good. The starting rotation is a bit of a question mark, but uh, they're as deep offensively as any team out there. So I picked the Cardinals. Yeah, a very weirdly deep, a weirdly good team. I agree. They've got like, I mean, like Goldschmidt and Arenado. Like those are big names. I mean. Yeah, they just got a lot of names is the thing. They don't have, like, the biggest names in the world. They just have a lot of them. Moving over to the West, I did. I picked the Padres. I, I like what they've done. I think for the first time in, I don't even know how many years, they're actually more talented than the Dodgers. And if the Dodgers don't want to win, don't aren't going full steam ahead themselves, why should I pick them? Uh, I I get, went ahead and picked the Dodgers. Probably same reasoning that you had for uh, the Angels. The Padres can also find ways to lose. So that is very fair. All right, let's go with our wild card teams. Um, so I realized after I made this, I have the exact same field as last year in the National League, just in a different order. I picked the Dodgers, Mets, and Phillies as my wild card teams. Um, I'm okay with that. The, the those are my wild card teams. Yeah, I just have Braves, Phillies, Padres. Just swap out the division winners that you had that I did not. So, yeah, at least in the National League, it seems like there's a bigger gap between like the haves and the haves not and the have nots. Yeah, I don't know. I got like I'm sure you found that too, since we have the exact same picks. But I don't know. I I thought I thought it was it was harder picking the American League teams. Like it seemed like there was a pretty clear top tier in the National League, but. Anyways, uh, let's go to our World Series predictions. Jerwin, I'll let you lead off with this one. All right. Uh, I put money on this, so I'm going to pick it on the podcast as well. Uh, I have the Mets making the World Series, and the team I have money on is the Guardians. So Guardians, Mets, World Series, and I have the Guardians taking it home. That is a bold prediction. Mine I had a free a $5 on FanDuel, so. Well, you can afford to be bold there. Yeah. I have the Padres over the Astros. Um, I think the, I still think the Astros are the best team in baseball. Um, but I, I wanted to pick the Braves, but I didn't want to, I, 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I don't have the Braves making it here, but I. It was like a toss-up kind of between the Braves and the Padres. I went with the Padres because I'm a big fan of these small market teams spending way above their their limit and you know sticking sticking it to all the other owners that cry poor. So go Padres. Uh, the Astros are, I think, are just the best team in baseball. So uh, they're they're until somebody else knocks them off in the American League, I'm just going to keep picking them. I think. But that is the end of the episode. Jerwin, you do not get to have any closing thoughts because we are up against time and because Zoom is greedy and wants money for me if we can go unlimited. So you don't get any closing thoughts. That was our bold. Those were our bold predictions. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will talk to everybody. We'll see everybody again next week. <laughs>